Hi, welcome to the State of Our Workforce, Where Are We Now?, where we go beyond the Department of Labor jobs numbers and explore issues at the forefront of workforce de development. I'm Amanda Cage, CEO of the National Fund for Workforce Solutions, and we're excited to be streaming on LinkedIn again this month. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. Uh, today I have Rob Hope, Director of Rework the Bay. Welcome, Rob. Thanks, Amanda. Great to be here. I'm really excited to be talking to you today. I just came back from uh, your hometown in, in San Francisco and Oakland, so it's nice to be talking to you today. Nice. Um, part of the reason uh, we have this conversation is because we know that the numbers that are put out um, don't explain this whole story about what's happening to workers. If we listen to the, to the numbers, uh, what we hear right now is that there's really low unemployment, an incredibly tight labor market, that workers have a lot of bargaining power, but we know that that's not the whole story. Can you talk a little bit about what this looks like in your uh, area? Yeah, so um, I, we agree. I mean, it doesn't tell the whole story. Um, you know, th those those jobs numbers that are uh, very simplified just don't really give policymakers or, you know, we work in philanthropy, clear indicators of what the right policy solutions are to make sure that working families are able to thrive uh, as we recover from this recession. I know one of the um, the pieces of information that you all talk about is that not all job creation is good job creation. And I know right now one of the top line numbers we hear all the time is that there's more workers than there are jobs, uh, about five more worker, five million more jobs than there are uh, workers. Uh, can you talk about what your perspective is on job creation? Yeah, and to me, that's a great example of how those high level job numbers don't tell us a lot, um, especially when we see um, results that are counterintuitive to what we believe, how we believe the economy should function. Um, so we do really, uh, the first question we ask when we're thinking about economic recovery um, and job creation is, um, are we creating good jobs? You know, the Bay Area is an expensive place to live. Um, we need to be creating jobs that allow families to sustain themselves and ideally to thrive in our region. Um, and that hasn't been the case um, over the years. And, you know, I'll, I'll use an example. A report was recently published uh, in the Bay Area that was talking about the tech multiplier effect. And essentially um, what that is, it, it uh, is a argument in favor of tech job creation uh, because uh, research has shown that for each tech job you create, it creates more than four other jobs indirectly in the local economy. Um, and so on the surface, like a jobs report, that it seems like that might be telling us something about uh, what economic policy we should be pursuing. But if you look under the hood um, of that information and you look at uh, what types of jobs are being created indirectly in the local economy, and also why those jobs are being created, it starts to tell a different story. So, um, you know, those that tech multiplier effect essentially happens because tech workers earn a lot of money relative to um, other workers in the economy. Um, that extra money uh, means that they have disposable income to spend. Um, and the jobs that tend to be created through disposable income are service jobs. And as we know, it's not a uh, Bay Area specific, service jobs tend to not uh, be family sustaining jobs. Uh, and so uh, further, if you think about who's actually getting those jobs and you look at the, the data, 
uh, Latinx and Black workers are disproportionately represented in mm -hmm. those low-wage service jobs. So these are trends that have been happening in the Bay Area over a long period um, as a result of our focus on attracting and creating tech jobs. And so when we talk about good jobs, which we often do at the National Fund, um, who has access to those good jobs? Yeah, so um, uh, we look at that in a couple of different ways. Um, uh, the, this concept of occupational segregation uh, mm -hmm. is something that we look at. So this is really um, understanding uh, at a population demographic level who is getting different types of jobs in our economy. Um, and uh, this is where we typically see that people who look like me are most likely to be in tech jobs um, and people who are um, immigrant workers, uh, formerly incarcerated workers, uh, uh, women workers, um, they're more likely to be clustered in jobs that don't pay as well, don't have as good of benefits and don't translate to as much economic power in our local economy. Um, one of the things that I noticed when I was in your neck of the woods last week, um, and I've been going to the Bay Area on and off for about 20 years, is just how unaffordable it was um, mm -hmm. in terms of uh, uh, big changes and who's able to um, afford to live in the area. Can you talk a little bit about um, who who can live in, in, in the Bay Area and what do people need, uh, what do they need to afford to be able to, to live and thrive? Yeah, so, you know, we uh, we think about, you know, are, do we have enough good jobs? Um, do people have equitable access to those jobs? And then to your point, um, you know, once somebody gets into a job, do they have access to the kinds of supports that all of us need to be successful at work and ultimately to build a career and to thrive? Um, and these are things like access to affordable housing, uh, commute times that are reasonable, that allow you to um, do things other than work and commute. Um, Childcare is a huge barrier for particularly um, women in the Bay Area during the pandemic. Um, it was an issue before and it will be an issue after. So these are the sorts of things that don't necessarily feel like on the surface again, like uh, worker issues or job issues, or sometimes even economy issues. Uh, but the reality is that these translate directly to individual workers and working families' ability to make ends meet. And so we can't have those conversations um, in silos. We need to be talking about how these issues intersect. Yeah, well, just last month we were talking to our friends in Cleveland about the child care issue, and it seems to be a pretty important issue across the board. Um, so one of the things that you all did is you created a new data tool. Can you talk a little bit about your new data tool and what it means to you all? Yeah, so um, our new tool is called the State of Bay Area Workers, um, and it's uh, a tool that we developed in partnership with uh, the National, National Equity Atlas and PolicyLink. Um, and essentially what it is is an interactive tool that enables local policymakers and other leaders to um, dig in to a more nuanced understanding of the state of workers and working families in the Bay Area. Um, the tool uh, is gives us information for our whole region uh, in an aggregated sense. And then also you're able to look at individual counties within our region because, you know, the Bay Area, everybody thinks about the tech sector. It also includes wine country. And there are a lot of um, farm workers who are struggling in wine country, especially with the wildfires and the other climate um, catastrophes that we've been experiencing in recent years. 
Um, so um, it, it's a, it's ideally a way to, to really like, again, look under the hood and understand not just are we creating jobs at the highest level, um, but looking to see whether those jobs are good jobs and whether um, everyone has access to them. Um, and can you tell folks where they can find the tool if they're interested in checking it out? Sure. Um, so you can go to our, our website, reworkthebay.org. Um, and if you go to the Our Work section, um, there is a, uh, an option called um, State of the Bay Area Worker Data Tool. Definitely encourage you all, all to check it out. And we really see this as uh, um, the foundation of a tool that we want to make stronger uh, because, you know, we recognize that um, the, the questions that people ask to understand these challenges and to develop policy solutions are probably questions that, um, that we may not see yet. And so please uh, check it out and interact with it and um, provide some feedback on where you'd like to, the questions you have and, and what data you'd like to see added. Well, thank you so much, Rob, for joining me today. And thank you to all who are watching. And please join us next month when we will have um, our monthly State of the, State of the Workforce uh, conversation. Thank you. Thanks, Amanda.